carrying on with our kind of um, monthly series on Come to the Table, um, which if you're here for the first time, first of all, welcome. I hope you've got a welcome pack. Um, if not, we've failed you miserably, and there's a big chocolate bar in there to say sorry. Um, so welcome to you. But if you, if you don't know, so what we've been doing probably for the last year or so is in our mornings of, of communion, we're, we're um, sort of leaning into this idea of, of church being, or excuse me, the table being really one of the primary, if not the first thing we think of when we think of church. And it's this idea of, of that we are all called to the table. And this morning, obviously, we're going to go up and we're going to share in, in the Lord's table in communion. Um, but, but what I've wanted to do or what we wanted to do over this last year is also lean into the fact that as for each and every one of us, as we come up, and you will do that today, come up and, and grab one of those cups or, and grab a piece of that bread with, with all that it symbolizes and all that it means. Um, the understanding or the idea is that, that each of us come with or what comes with us is a story is is a life story a journey of of following Jesus or of maybe even never hearing of him before but this would be the first time you've ever heard of of this this person called Jesus and and for many of us it's like such a long life journey that we can't even remember where it started but oh my goodness it's been a long um, journey that's filled with ups and downs and all arounds and stuff. And so the idea is that these communion times become linked with the, with the um, understanding that each of us comes to the table with a journey and, and with a story, and those stories are really valuable, that they actually have the opportunity um, to encourage one another, to to challenge one another, to call one another forward, and and really bring to life um, what is a ritual that that Jesus um, has in, encouraged us to do for the last more than two thousand years. So, how's that for an introduction, Gary and Michelle? Um, why don't you guys come on down? Um, if we could maybe get, I think it will be all right. Um, There you go. If one of you want to grab that mic, maybe. Oh, we've got that other cordless one there too, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. But thanks for coming up. <laughs> Appreciate it. Now Gary can have that one. Yep. Wonderful. So um, we'll start with prayer because that's a good way to get the nerves out, you know. So, Father, I thank you so much for um, for these two, God. I thank you for um, for their for their story with you, God, for their journey. Uh, I want to thank you for their yes, um, which they're probably regretting right about now. But um, nonetheless, God, we just pray and we thank you for we thank you for their example of of what it is to say yes to you. Um, you know that we never know the whole picture, um, but you meet us in those yeses. And so, God, my prayer and and I think all of our prayers is that you would meet them in this another yes in their journey with you, and then you would bless them, you would encounter them, 
as we pray this morning, God, that, that when they think back to this time, it wouldn't be a time of thinking back of um, all that they gave out, but, it, but a time of all that they've received um, from you and from all of us. Pray that you would bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. So um, we always kind of like to start these things with just maybe a bit of an icebreaker and, and kind of what's been a fun one so far is what's something um, about yourselves that might surprise the rest of us or what's something that we don't know about maybe or, um, yeah, so do you, ha- do you have anything there? Click that on. Is it on? Yep. Yeah, you're all good. Um, some of you probably know this, uh, so it might be not everybody doesn't know this, but I'm actually a really bad singer. And uh, the ones that know it, probably the ones that have been standing next to me. But uh, my life's been an absolute train wreck. Uh, I think when I was about your guys' age, I was in the choir, and they sort of said, oh, <coughs> can you, do you mind if you just go to the back row? And then uh, they stopped the choir again and said, oh, Gary, do you mind if you just uh, mouth the words? Oh, <laughs> no! Yeah, 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 They'll like, be inner healing this, later, buddy. Gosh, that's this is terrible. Legit. And uh, I would come into churches, and uh, the kids in the front row would turn around and see what, uh, like real bad stuff. And there was one time, and this is my, my time of fame, I actually got a solo. Uh, not that I was meant to be singing, I was, was uh, the youth was doing a, um, you know, a youth service at night, and my job was to call the troops. It was this Bible verse that I was, this chap that I was uh, going to read out, I think Samuel or Kings or something, and it was rallying the troops, and I don't know if any of you older people might know, but there's a song that was, uh, I will stand, I will not waver, I'll stand in Jesus' name. And so that was going to be sung in the middle, right? And so I told my mate who was on the sound desk, turn it off when I'm singing. And he thought, this is too good. So anyway, when they played the cassette cassette back, it was just me belting this out. (laughs) And I thought it was real bad, like I just wanted to shrink. But then we had this wisdom that we sung it again. And then next time, the second time was just like next level. (laughs) So it was like bad, bad. (laughs) Like real bad. <laughs> so that's me. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, look, that, can you hear me? Is that on? Oh, yeah. Just actually, I hadn't thought of that question, but so just to carry on, when. Um, You're going to reiterate how bad he actually is as a singer? Oh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. No. I think I did. There we go. Um, After Sunday, after Sunday. There we go. Oh, you got it. Um, and so when I met Gary and we went to church, I was like, and I heard him sing, I was like, oh, God, that is not even funny. <laughs> I now am challenged with the same form of love. There you go. Wonderful. <laughs> she loves me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I can't sing either, so we make a great team. Wonderful. I love it. Well, all right. Hey, so like... Um, I'm sure you've heard before, like in preparation for these sort of times, I normally send out or I send out a bit of a, a bio on, on kind of what we're, what we're aiming for, what we'd love to accomplish over these times. Um, and, and then just to kind of get people thinking about their faith journey, there's some, some really big open-ended questions that sort of 
sort of look at your faith journey in a way that maybe you wouldn't have necessarily done in, in, in any sort of time. So that's roughly going to be our framework as we go through, but in a real conversational sort of way. And, and so we, I met up with these guys on Friday, and we just had a bit of a, a chat over some of the ones that maybe have jumped out at them. And f- for each of them, actually, you know, they, they both have sort of come up with some, the same questions, which is really quite cool. And, and, and the, one, the first one really is that idea of, um, for all of us, um, faith is a journey, and it's a journey of, of change. You know, it's a relationship. And so, and like every relationship we go through, um, anything that's healthy grows. And, and so the question really is the idea of how has your faith um, grown or changed over the years? And then really more and probably equally as important, what's been the catalyst to those changes? And so love to put that to you both. And... Um, yeah, so th- for me, and I just want to say this kind of feels weird, really. Uh, uh, this doesn't feel natural, me being up here um, talking to you all. Uh, so I, I guess I, feel, I felt a little bit <coughs> when I've been preparing or thinking, my mind just got more and more muddled. Um, so I just thought, I'm just going to just trust God's going to just bring something out through this journey as I just share with you, you know. So mm. please don't think I've got it all together because um, in my head I, I, it's, not, it's not like that at all. Um, so thank you for this opportunity we can just share our story um, so I, I feel I think my faith's been a little bit like my singing in the sense that I'm all in you know like it's like I, I'm just all in so my faith is is one of those things that I um, I wish I was sometimes different with it um, and it's been crafted when I was 15 and it was my mum she was actually very sick uh, with cancer, and I just knew that I'd le- read uh, the Bible. I've been brought up in a very, very good home, uh, Christian through and through, and I learned what was right and what was wrong. And for some reason, my mum and my dad would say, "Don't you smoke?" And so I didn't. Don't you drink? So I didn't. Don't swear? So I didn't. It was just no, like I'm going to test the boundaries. It was just I got, I, I knew at a young age, real early, right and wrong. And um, when my mum was sick, I just thought, God, I don't want to just read a Bible of what's right and wrong. I want to know if this stuff is real. And uh, so I read a verse in the Bible uh, back, it was in James, and it was talking about, you know, if the elders come and anoint um, the sick, they will be healed. And I told Dad, and Dad said, wow, that's, I've, oh, I've just read the same chapter and I thought yes come on dad and I knew all the stuff about you know the faith of a child you know and if you say to this mountain move if you've got a size of a, a mustard seed your faith the size of a mustard seed you can say to this mountain move from here to there so I was so enthralled I was so gripped by these words out of the bible so I said come on and my mum didn't live, she died, um, and I was left with a big question, really. I, I, I was, you know, and I should have, if, if I, I don't know what happened, I, th- I thought I would have given up on God, because that was massive in my life. But like I say, I'm either all in or I'm not at all, and I was still had this fascination, or I still had this, God, I want to know you, I just want to know you. And what I didn't realize was that hunger in my heart as a young kid um, took me to a place of knowing God. Uh, so my faith, I don't feel, has changed 
I still feel like I'm either all in or I'm not, but I feel that I just knew so much more when I was 20. I mean, I knew the black and the white. I knew the right, the wrong, the saved, the unsaved. I knew that. And I knew that I had this desire in my heart, even on my 21st birthday, we did this massive big festival. Well, I thought it was big, and I was just inviting all these kids up, doing this massive big sort of outreach about getting these kids uh, saved. So I understood that real young, and I just don't quite know how that kind of fits 100%, my black, my white, my saved, my not, you're in, it's us and them. I've realised that it's not quite like that for me. Uh, and my faith has taken me on a lot more of a journey of unconditional love and learning what that looks like. So it's just fascinating. We're doing the whole, um, you know, the prodigal son, the one that, you know, the most, what, the best parable in the Bible? I don't think I said that, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> he did, eh? <laughs> so to that me, one, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, so I feel like my faith yeah. is maturing as I get older. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that whole idea of the that your faith, um, how has your faith changed over the years? Is that what you're looking at, or your greatest challenge? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, the other thing we looked at is, and Gary, you mentioned a little bit, but Michelle, how would you, how would you see? Um, like we all know, like these stories are what, what we're trying to communicate here is that what Gary just said so beautifully is like this, this faith journey is not a journey of rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, there will be rainbows and sunshine, but there'll be, there'll be a lot of difficulty along the way. And, and there's just something super annoying about the fact that in those difficult times, we end up getting more out of it than if we lived a life full of sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried to find another way out of it, but um, we haven't. So one of the things is that if you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, you will have known that there are, there are seasons of challenge that we all go through, and, and yet there is incredible um, goodness that comes from that. Um, Michelle, Rachel, Michelle, um, can you um, sort of share a little bit of that with, with us? Sure. Before I do, just, you know, glancing through the room, we've been here nearly 19 years, and this has been our church home. And I just, yeah, during worship was like, wow, thank you so much to the people who have invested mm. in Gary and I over the years, who have stood beside us. Um, <laughs> it's great to start already wanting to cry. Um, but I honestly, we just wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without your encouragement, without your belief, without um, speaking uh, into us what you see when sometimes we haven't seen it. So, yeah, thank you. You needed that. Still need that. Um, yeah, man, too true. If you've, you know, breathing for more than a few days, you've probably had some challenges in life, right? And uh, so easy to sit here and share a challenge with a great outcome. That would be just so sweet, and I'd love to be able to do that. Um, but that's not the challenge that uh, when Lyndon flicked us the questions that came, and this is my wrestle, because I haven't at all, I can't tick it. I can't go, look, see, this is great. Um, I found myself, I don't know, a few years ago, don't do detail, so I left Springboard maybe four or five years ago, and um, <laughs> Heather laughs, don't do detail, yep. Um, 
and, and uh, resigned, maybe before I got fired. <laughs> nah, just, <laughs> just <great. laughs> um, And it was just, I started the year just being really a little bit kind of not excited and a little bit, what am I about? And is the work that I'm doing on point? And just as the year started, I, I asked some really big questions and I landed in a place where I think it's my time to finish, not realising that it was then the next chapter to work out who are you, girl? What are you about? You know, like, what, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Or what do you want to do when you grow up? Those kind of questions came to mind. And I felt really a huge sense in my life of lack. And um, those who kind of knew me before that, that wasn't a part of my journey. I was pretty cruisy, pretty confident, kind of thought I was all good and life was good, you know. Um, but I landed in this place with just felt like this quite, you know, I lacked confidence, I lacked um, purpose, I lacked hugely, and it kind of collided with faith. And I honestly felt that my purpose in life was almost, okay, God had given me my quota, and now I was kind of left to work the rest out by myself without any strong sense of where, what am I about, um, what am I good at. And almost kind of sensed um, in that time because uh, purpose is one of my values, and and it left the escaping hole. And we kind of collided with the time that Gary had been given a sabbatical. So we um, planned our sabbatical, and the first part of it was actually Mal's parents gave us their house in Fiji. It was in a village, and we spent three weeks there. And it wasn't until I got away from, from you guys, from everything that was familiar, from those people that I could lean into, those people who I could go to for a word of encouragement or people who could speak into my life and um, know where the good coffee was and all things comfortable and sweet. That was no longer there. I was had the, you know, it was great to be with Gary and Joel. <laughs> it was really good to be with Gary and Joel. Um, and... We were there for three weeks, and oh my gosh, that hole, that gap, that lack just felt massive. And at the time, Gary was reading, uh, learning chapters and verses, and he was kind of leaning them in my direction, and I'm like, mm -mm -mm, stop that right there. I have learned verses, I have learned chapters, and, and what came out of my mouth then was, it's now time for God to pursue me. And I was like, whoa, you can't say that to God, right? That's not a cool thing. And with a few of those revelations that were coming to my heart, thankfully where we were at the time, there was what I thought was a mountain. So every morning I would get out of bed and I would climb this mountain. It was someone else's mountain. It was the neighbor's mountain. Through cattle to find a spot that God and I had this conversation over. And, and at that moment, I, didn't, I was brought up in a, you know, a really cool home and... Um, didn't kind of talk to God uh, like, are you even there? Like, where are you? Who are you? Do I even believe in you? Those kind of questions that um, I've, I learned to be okay with and realized God is so much bigger. He can cope with those questions. He can handle, he's up for that. He loves that. He leans in mm. to those kind of questions. And so... Um, why I say I am not here to go see tickets, all good. And the reason why I said kind of no to Lyndon first was like, no, you need to meet with me, man. 
you might not know, you might not want me to share what I've got to share. Because I still am on that journey of going, what does this look like? What? And I hear what Gary's saying. Um, I guess the best way to picture where I'm at with God, and I'm grateful for this journey, is, is I imagine a, a big diamond, massive, massive big diamond. And up until that time in my life, I would see a facet, a part of what I thought God was like, what the lens of how I was brought up, to which I am daily grateful for, the church in which I was surrounded by, which the lens of the truth that was shared with me was how I framed who God was. But over the last four or five years, which has created massive discomfort in my faith, I, I'm taking and I'm leaning, I'm the diamond is showing another facet as equally beautiful in fact so beautiful I'm I see this side of God that is so um, inclusive so so incredibly kind and loving to all who breathe mm. he has made um, us all not just here within the confines of a Christian church in his image he's made all in his image we all um, we're all in, right? We're all on this journey. Um, so in all of these um, uncomfortable questions and s small revelations that I've been having, uh, sometimes this isn't really cool for me. Like coming to church, I've often found a little, like, having conversations sometimes with people is triggering with the language sometimes, and I'm going, what do I do with that? But I keep coming back to that, wow, I'm just getting to know a different part of who God is. And guess what? There are so many different mm -hmm. facets to this heart of God that um, we're on the journey of. So yeah, that makes sense. Makes more than sense. Wonderful. Beautiful. Um, you know, you guys both mentioned sort of like along the way having... Um, faith journey being something that you do, obviously, with other people. And and so just one of the things, I think Gary said, you said you might have like just one, what's one thing or one bit of wisdom that you've picked up along the way that, you know, either someone has shared with you or that you'd love to share with someone else? I think you both have have kind of one of those things. Love to just hear hear those. Um. I think for the, you guys in the front seat, my wisdom to you is follow God with all your heart. Don't get pulled to the left or to the right, but just get to understand what God is for you, and he will not fail you in your life. There's so many things out there that's going to, oh, you want to be called the in-group, or you want to try to do something that's cool, but if you can learn what God is saying for you and you can stick to that, it will do you well for your life. I mean that. It's hard out there for you guys. And so I just would like to sort of say my wisdom to you is give God everything. Be all in for God and learn what it is about his love for you. Uh, my bit of wisdom and what I would have, you know, appreciate, I have appreciated over the years is that we all belong. We belong. We belong. And there is room for all at the table. There is room for, no matter what, don't let stuff 
if you think, oh man, I've stuffed up, God's going to step away. No way, God comes closer to you mm. in that time. He leans in closer to you. He is always with us, no matter what. Mm. Yeah. I think that's why I think the parable of the running father is the best parable in Scripture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, like I said, um, these these stories are all um, the intention, the practice, the outworking of them, of them. Is we we really I don't really ever want them to be separated from from the table, and so I guess we'll we'll finish with for each of you if you could is what is it. And you kind of have said it anyway, but but what is it that keeps coming, keeps you coming back to the table? That keeps you um, getting up out of your seat, getting up out of your life, facing your quest, questions, facing your doubts, um, facing language that's irritating or frustrating or saddening, and yet coming back to the table, coming back to relationship, coming back to, to Jesus who's saying, um, do this often, remember me. Um, mm. so yeah, yeah. Uh, just a little context here is, I think I got a head start on the belonging thing. Um, I am adopted, so I got placed in a family that my mum and dad had lost at that stage two children not long after they, the babies were born. And so they um, had a son at that stage and doctors recommended them not to have any more. So they adopted my sister and then they adopted me. And um, we got told, I got told when I was really young that I was chosen. And that landed on just on point soil. You know, I was like, everyone else who didn't get chosen, I'm really sorry. And I'm, I'm genuinely was my truth as a young kid. So I was chosen, I was special, I was placed. And, um, and, and over the years, I, I went on the journey of meeting my birth family. And before I met them, all I ever wanted to do was thank my birth mother. She did the most selfless thing on the planet by handing me over. I just knew she wanted me. I, I mean, who, who wouldn't? <laughs> um, and she, I just wanted to meet her and say, good, good choice. And uh, when I was um, 20, my birth mum's parents tried to find me. And so I ended up meeting my birth family. And um, I was placed into a home that loved Jesus. And they, <laughs> they showed me what love was. They showed me what love was to me, but love to God was. So when they lost their son, their only flesh and blood, at the age of 12, they showed me what love to God looked like. They showed me faithfulness. They showed me how to lean in in this most suckiest time of the... I don't know how they survived, let alone together. And so um, when I met my birth family, sadly my, mother had passed, my birth mother had passed away. I never got a chance to tell her. But they had, as a 14-year-old, she had me when she was 14 and my birth 
father was 16. There was no show on earth. I would think any 16-year-old guy would be sticking around. They stayed together and had two more children. It sounds a really beautiful story, but I tell you what, I would not have survived in that family. I would not, I know, I would not be breathing today if I was placed in that family. It was ruthless. Talk about, um, what's that Westie movie, that program? That was it. It was harsh, and what they journeyed and went through was incredible. But, um, and when I met my birth father, he said to me, my first time I met him, cool as guy, he's like, so Michelle, just want to be honest. I gave your birth mum the money for you to be aborted. No 14-year-old should have to go through that. And I was like, doesn't matter, because at a young age, that verse, I knew you, I planned you, I placed you in your mother's room, I breathed life in you, I have a destiny, I have a purpose for you. I was brought up believing that, and I chose to believe that at a really young age. So when he told me that, it was like water off a duck's back. It's like, I get it, man, I so get that. But, but, someone had a bigger plan for me, amen. So when I am sharing this with you guys, is because when... Um, I've been a bit lost. I've faced challenges bigger than what I thought I could handle. I was chosen, and I'm chosen now. I belong. I know where I belong. And I tell you what, the challenge over the last three or four years has been crazy in my faith. But I know not only that I belong, I know that the entrance to the table is flat. Mm. Everyone belongs. We all all are on the same playing field. No matter who, no matter where, no matter what, we are all made in his image. Mm. We all get to play. We all belong. And um, that's why I keep coming back. He just can't get rid of me. Wonderful. <laughs> Neither can I. That's cool, Shell. Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make up for that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we're all having lunch together, eh? Because I might be out As penance, <laughs> you'll be singing the doxology for us <laughs> before the meal. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> uh, why do I keep coming back? I, I, just, I just marvel at God. I just marvel at the way he intricately has weaved my life uh, in with, what his purposes are and he's seen that flickering flame in my life when I was a lot younger and I have been so blessed that I've married this <laughs> beautiful woman I also chose her and we had this inweaving mm. of outworking what our faith looks like and that like I say I want to know God for who God is and I'm maturing in my thinking with what that looks like you know the black the white the who's in who's out and it was almost like God's humor, possibly, but he's just like, now's your time to go and outwork that. And so back in 2002, we um, followed this call in our heart to go out onto the, into the street, to go out there and see these young people and see the lost. And there's something that within me, and that's another thing that's just so deep, is nobody, nobody has gone past the ability of God's love shining in and making a difference. No one, no one is deserved to be outside the so-called table. And yet it's so easy. And when I was growing up, it was still church and the sinner. You know, it was still that. And so when I came in here to come in, 
save the world. <laughs> um, I realised that I was so far away. Mm. I was so far away of saving anybody because of the way that I had thought up in my head of an us and them. And I have had the best teacher ever, and that's these kids' lives, sharing to me and showing me their vulnerability of why they're acting the way they are. And all of a sudden, this whole hangabout, if I was in that life, I'd probably be thinking the same. I'd probably had that chip on my shoulder that I am so angry that I want to do some stuff that's not, uh, not good. And it just kept on bringing me down to these different levels. Is there an us and them? Is there a righteous and a sinner? And sure, there's, there's sin and all that. I get all that. But I was just going on this massive journey of, like Michelle saying, coming back to this prodigal son, the, the astute son that's in the father's house, looking after the farm, doing everything right, but still hasn't got the father's heart, really. And then the prodigal one out there doing life and living it, <coughs> coming back to the same table. And I've realized that God has taken me on this massive journey over these 19 years of what it is to love unconditionally. And these kids have been my teacher. And my champion is no doubt about it, is the abused who has become the healed who has then turned out to be the healer. You are my champion. You will be and always will be for the reason of this, that while life is difficult and trying to work with these kids, I still believe that the love of Jesus Christ can crack the hardest heart and we can see life come forward where everybody else said there is no hope. You are that person. You are the miracle of the testimony of what Jesus has loved. The, what did you call him? The running father? Mm -hmm. oh, I've never heard of that. The running father um, to the gate. That's what I'm learning. And so I come to this table because I'm not the righteous or the deserved, but because I am loved and I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. Why don't we, why don't we all stand? Um, Worship team, if you want to come on up, we'll just play some music. Um, what I think we're going to do is just... Um